welcome to the Last Looks podcast, a show where we catch up with talented hairstylists and makeup artists in the film and television industry. We'll pick their super creative brains and find out all the good stuff. Join me, your host, Jamie Lee, in finding out what's what in the hair and makeup departments around the world. And now, a word from our sponsor. Newsflash! Want to know how those Tinseltown starlets get those gleamy golden gams? How those sultry sirens light up the silver screen with that lit-from-within glow? How they get that gorgeous makeup to last all day and night? Well, gather round, because I've got the buffo news right here that's causing the paparazzi to buzz like bees. It's Melanie Mills Hollywood, of course. It's the secret of the red carpet, and now it's your secret, too. Pro makeup artist Melanie Mills developed these multi-purpose and multicultural products right from the makeup trailer on the set of smash hit Dancing with the Stars. From her amazing face and body radiances, a deliciously special sauce made up of a makeup, moisturizer, and glow all in one that comes in six stunning shades, to her super light, long-lasting setting spray that holds those looks popping and keeps mouths dropping till the cows come home. This fine aerosol mist sets your makeup as easy as one, two, three. For flawless makeup applications, the Melanie Mills Hollywood Brush Collection is the answer to your prayers. These affordable, buttery soft vegan brushes are just what you need to sculpt, shape, highlight, and contour. Whatever the party calls for, Melanie Mills Hollywood has you covered. And remember that all these gorgeous, cruelty-free vegan products are tested on celebrities, never on animals. MelanieMillsHollywood.com Okay, folks, it's that time of year again, award season. And of course, the Last Looks podcast is all over the Oscars situation. We have five bonus episodes where I'll be catching up with all five teams nominated for their superb makeup and hair work. All teams are asked the same set of questions, but of course, they all have very different answers. Join me and these incredible artists while we dive into the exceptional work they did to get them to where they are today, Oscar Makeup and Hair nominees for 2022. Thanks for listening and supporting the podcast, guys. It really does take a lot to get all these teams together to be able to bring these bonus episodes to you. With everyone working and shooting all over the world, as you know, it's hard. It certainly takes time and effort. So for that, I'm thankful to you, the listener, and all my guests. I hope you're enjoying these special episodes as much as I did putting them together. Pictures up. Last looks. Rolling. And action. Well, welcome to the Last Looks podcast team. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And may I say a huge congratulations on your Oscar nomination for your work on the film The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate that. Amazing. Thank you. Amazing. Now let's start with introductions. If you could each tell us your name and what your position on the team was. Linda Dowds. I was the head of department as well as Jessica's uh, personal makeup artist. Stephanie Ingram, head of department hair and Jessica Chastain's personals. Justin Raleigh, prosthetic makeup designer and CEO of Fractured FX. 
Awesome. Um, so tell me, when you heard the news that you'd been nominated, what was the first thought that came to mind? When we heard we were nominated, um, you know, it's a, it's a moment of disbelief. It was really quite overwhelming. We were working on set. We um, were in a little room very quietly. It was just Stephanie and I were there that day because we're working, currently working with Jessica on another project. And so we were just quietly watching and our nomination came up and we had this quiet moment of jubilation and, and disbelief. And, and then um, we didn't want to, we also just stayed quiet for another few minutes because we wanted to wait and see where Best Actress category landed to make sure that we we heard Jess's name, which we did. So after that, <laughs> it was just this really exciting moment of all of us leaping up and down. And, and it was very emotional. We ran into the room. I was crying. And um, it, it just really, and it's still, I have to say, it's still quite an overwhelming thought. And it's still quite unbelievable in so many ways. You know, we just have to try and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that Linda said when, when we went into the room, went into the green room where the cast were and Linda's crying and I can't say anything and I'm, I'm really excited and Jessica looks at us and goes, what's wrong? What's wrong? Are you guys okay? And then we we're trying to talk and because, you know, they don't seem to be up on when things are going to happen or they don't lead you to believe that they know what's going down that day. And I, I was beyond astonished. I was like, this is incredible and I was like people kept saying well how do you feel I'm like I I, I have no words I am you know I still at this moment as I'm speaking I get goosebumps it's like wow what what a journey and, and how how incredibly great to work with Justin and Linda and to make a film like we said earlier on such you know nominal days and it becomes something that was you know, something to go down in our history of, of our, what we do for a living. It's very cool. Yeah. What about you, Justin? How was your experience? <laughs> well, that morning, I actually, I had planned to get up and, uh, and watch everything live. And just in all the chaos of everything going on in, in my work life, I got the times wrong. So <laughs> I actually, <laughs> I slept through it in the morning. I thought it was at, I thought it was at 8 a.m. Pacific time. And then unfortunately it was five <laughs> Eastern time. So I woke up to just a barrage of texts and emails and all these congratulations from so many friends and colleagues and, and family members uh, that had all watched it that morning. And they sent me the video of everything. And I just kind of sat there you know, as I was making my morning coffee, just kind of in a daze, it was just completely surreal to me to, you know, I think for all of us, we all, we've worked so hard in our careers. And I think, you know, we're not, we're not out there fighting for trophies, but you know, there's always that hope and dream that something like this would happen. And the Oscars being, you know, sort of the, the tent pole, you know, the, the main flagship of, of all these awards and to be seated with that in front of me at that morning, I was just, just internally grateful, just deeply grateful for the process and for getting to this point and being, you know, surrounded by so many amazing nominees as well. I mean, everyone that was nominated in our category is 100% deserving to be there. So to be amongst those stars, it just, it's amazing. And, and I think I'm still trying to absorb all of this to date. I'm sure it may not feel real until you're there, right? <laughs> Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Even yes. then. And even, yeah. 
even then it'll have maybe um and you know just something else you know so you watch that stuff i mean i've watched it all my life yeah you watch people accept their awards, you watch the red carpet, you just, and, and I'm such a lover of film. And, and so it's, it's really, um, there's a, a bit of fantasy to it. So, you know, hopefully on the, on the day we're grounded enough to sort of really <laughs> take in what's happening and, and, uh, yeah, and enjoy. Now talk us through three characters from the film, makeup and hair wise from research and development through to daily application, if you could. I think from my perspective, running the department, early days, it was decided that we would do Jessica and Andrew. Then I would have the rest of my team, Ashley Chavis-Wolf and Renee Goodwin, would be responsible for the remaining cast. And as we got into it, it became apparent that the work volume was just such that it was really difficult for Stephanie and I from timing perspective, from a prep perspective, from an everything perspective, to also give, you know, the appropriate attention and time and energy to both of those peeps. And, and there was another element to it in that Andrew's prosthetics from early times, he had quite a bit more to deal with at first. And so it meant that he literally, for me, would have had a forehead was pretty much all I was kind of left with to do. And so what I did was I got his looks all set up. We camera tested everything. I had got all the facial hair made for him, the different sideburns for the different periods. And then it seemed to organically be that it was best for Andrew to begin with prosthetics. They were basically covering him with a base and doing all of that. And so it just made more sense for everyone that they take on Andrew's makeup through the three stages. And I'll let Stephanie speak to the hair part, but we did end up bringing in someone else for his hair. And that freed us up to, you know, Jessica's character as Tammy Faye had a lot of you know, there were three specific stages, but there were many multiple looks in between different wigs, different face colors, lipsticks, nails, all of that. And so there was that element. And in terms of research, I'd done a lot of research. You know, we'd watched The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which was the documentary narrated by RuPaul, which was what this was based on. I watched all of the Christian Broadcast Network clips. I watched PTL episodes. I watched their interviews, Larry King, their Nightline interviews. There was a lot of material that they gave us themselves. And so that's where, you know, our first first line of focus was. I also had gone on eBay and got lots of images and magazines and, you know, from all those different time periods as well of, first of all, you know, specifically for them. And then secondly, what were the looks like in that day? What was happening in the Christian evangelical world? What was happening in, in that world? What were the looks of the rest of the people on those shows? What were people, you know, what did people look like? What were they wearing, you know, makeup wise and hair wise? And so a lot of that went into it. So I had reference that was specifically Jim and Tammy. And then I had reference that was just general across the board. Plus we had iconic characters like Jerry Falwell, Pat Robertson, we had a Colonel Sanders. And so I did all of that research. And then I had binders full of reference for 
our day players that were coming in and what kind of looks we wanted for, you know, the different periods for the rest of the cast, for our background performers and all of that. And while at the same time, I also grabbed specific like makeup items. There was stuff that Tammy used that she told us she used, for example, L'Oreal Lash Out Mascara. I obviously couldn't use that mascara on her. It was discontinued in 2012. But what was lovely was I was able to find something that matched the texture. Again, another L'Oreal product. And then I was also able to, we incorporated that. Like she had that on her makeup station in her dressing room, for example, in our PTL footage and things like that. So, you know, there was a lot of detail with all of it. And as I say, I'm eternally grateful because I had two wonderful people who managed so much of the rest of the show and took care of the rest of the cast, like Vincent D'Onofrio and Cherry Jones. And they also all had to be brought through our major time periods. And so that was the, you know, we laid a lot of specific groundwork so that when we actually got into our shoot days, we were prepared. I had reference boards that we could look at. We always had visual reference to look at for all of us and so that we could go hey if you know you get a little lost in the moment or you know if we're bouncing around a bit where were we at in the story what did they look like at this time and then we just had that right there open and available to us so that pretty much was where my my end of things went for the cast that I was responsible for. So as Linda had mentioned we had wonderful people. Our team, my team was Betty Lou Skinner and Heather Hawkins. They basically took care of the rest of the cast. What did come about was because Jessica ended up with between 11 and 13 wigs and Andrew Garfield was going to end up with, you know, four or five at least. I wasn't born with enough hands. So I actually went to production and said, I need help because my lovely ladies are taking care of the rest of the cast with regards to the changes from younger to older. I need someone, you know, basically was asking for help. So they brought Bryson Conley in, who was Andrew Garfield's personal, which alleviated a lot from me and allowed myself and Betty Lou and Heather to achieve what they needed to However, I did, as head of department, I did create all the looks for everybody. Like Cherry ended up with two different wigs, and it was a matter of having to get the wigs, color them, perm them, and style them, and then the girls took them from there. So, you know, I really couldn't have done this film without them and with the dailies that we hired to do the background because they definitely rocked it on the... um, the background with all the period looks. I'm beyond thankful for the fact that I had the group of people and the team that I had. And Jessica basically, you know, there was a lot of looks, a lot of keeping up with. She started with Justin and then actually ended up, Linda would come in and do her eye makeup and then Justin would start and then I'd come in and Linda and I normally tandem on Jessica. So we would work together and we would create the look for the day. But there was always looking ahead, making sure you had what you need for the day because sometimes we would change the wigs in the middle of the day as you know the the shoot was very we'll say short in days but we we were the three of us we were able to create it all and make it happen so congratulations to all of us (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah. on the uh the prosthetic side of things really we Going into it, we knew we had Jessica and Andrew. We had talked about potentially doing some additional prosthetic work on Vincent D'Onofrio. 
and some of the other characters, possibly on Cherry as well as her mother. And ultimately that ended up, for budgetary and time reasons, we ended up scaling back on the idea of doing additional prosthetics. So really we just had the two main prosthetic looks that we had to handle. Although Greg Canham, who actually entrusted this project to me, a four-time you know, Academy Award winning makeup artist, an amazingly talented man, he's basically retired, but wanted to be involved in a consulting capacity on the show, but he was a huge fan of Cherry Jones. So when there was an opportunity to do aging makeup on her, he actually came out and joined us uh, for a lot of the funeral sequence and uh, where Cherry's actually been aged, you know, another 10, 15 years uh, via stretch and stipple. Nothing was prosthetic. It was all basically out of kit. On the prosthetic side, we, we started early on with just 2D conceptual work. So we went into Photoshop. We took photos of Jim and Tammy and Andrew and Jessica and we went through and did just some basic compositing you know, what, what elements would work? We changed their nose, we changed their cheeks, we changed their neck. You know, what are the, what are the key anatomical aspects that we have to nail on every aspect of these characters throughout all of their aging throughout the entire film, throughout the timeline? So with Jessica, we landed on knowing that we had to change her cheeks, uh, which were quite different than Jessica's own cheeks. Uh, Tammy had much sort of wider, fuller cheeks, uh, very round sort of apple to the cheeks and a very sort of square jawline. Jessica also had a dimple in her chin that we wanted to remove. So we had a prosthetic that we covered with that in every single look. And, and we had three major prosthetic milestones for Jessica and the same for Andrew. And like Linda had said before, we had three major prosthetic milestones, which were basically dictated by age. You know, the anatomical aspects pretty much remained the same. Like Jim always had to have cheeks to kind of round out his cheeks and increase his nasal labial fold. The rest was driven by age. So as we kind of come out of the 1960s into 70s into 80s, they start gaining weight in the 80s. We make a big transition there where most of the 60s and 70s and early 80s are all kind of in their stage one prosthetic looks. But what changes to Linda and Stephanie's point is the, the beauty aspects change so many times throughout those eras. And the wigs change multiple, multiple times. And the same to a degree with Andrew as well. Uh, when we get to the middle stage, she gains weight. He also gains a bit of weight. So we increase the prosthetics. The anatomy kind of remains the same, but the weight and age is now added. And then when we get into the 90s, uh, into uh, prison sequence where we see Jim again, it's extensive prosthetics. We have a bald pate on him, full neck, cheeks, stretch and stipple. And with Jessica, she has a full neck, back of the neck, lip appliance, cheeks. Basically, over two-thirds of their faces are covered in prosthetics at that point. And for most of the time in those stages, at least half, if not more, is covered in prosthetics. That's awesome. So what did you guys find to be your biggest challenge during filming? For me, I would say it's the time. And, you know, and a bit of budget, although the studio uh, knew going into this, uh, we were going for prosthetic looks. So there was a certain amount of money that was allocated to, to create those looks. But with character likenesses like this, especially with so many different stages, it requires a lot of test makeups. You know, a lot of revisions are required, uh, not just to get the anatomy right, but to make sure that edge placement is right, that functionality is correct, that the, uh, the way the materials are run, the silicone pieces are run in very specific ways. And we didn't have a lot of that. So with time, you know, I was lucky enough to have 
makeup artists, uh, Tom Flouts, Chris Hampton, and Kelly Golden that could be on the ground in North Carolina on a daily basis. So if I had to step away from from one of the looks with Jessica to run back to LA to continue making revisions or changes on, you know, stage two or stage three of the prosthetics, I could do that. But it required me to be on planes quite a bit and a lot of traveling back and forth to kind of keep up with those revisions and just to make sure we stayed on course and on schedule with everything. That was for me, probably the biggest challenge was just, you know, it's a 30, 35 day shoot that turned into maybe a 38 day shoot and every single day Jessica was working in prosthetics Andrew pretty much every day he had he had a few more days off than Jessica did in our schedule but for the most part there was there was no gaps you know so if we needed to revise anything or change anything it had to be done and had to be done very quickly at that point and you sleep yeah, yeah sleep no 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 <laughs> sleep. Yeah. yeah there wasn't <laughs> is there sleep allowed in this business occasionally (laughs) I think for me the biggest challenge was as we know Tammy Faye's look was larger than life and you know we we've been exposed to and a whole generation's been exposed to seeing her only as the late night sketch comedy um, shows portrayed her with all her makeup running down her face and and you know particularly particularly messy And one of the things that um, was really important to us was that we didn't, I never saw any images of her like that. I never saw her broken down like that. What I learned about her was that she was incredibly matchy-matchy. She always put herself together so well. Costume matched uh, her makeup and her nails and her wigs. And I think that was the key thing was to give her that full look, to honor who she was, but at the same time, not go over the top, not go into the caricature. And I think for me, that was was the biggest thing, was to never cross that line. As makeup artists, I, I never want to take the audience out of a film or a TV project by something that I've done, and that's in the best of times. And with a scenario like this, we had to be really, the teamwork had to be so tight that we all kind of had that focus and that goal and that we all worked together to to ensure that it was an honest and authentic, you know, portrayal of Tammy Faye. With regards to <laughs> the biggest challenge was trying to stay on top of the wigs and uh, the looks and the uh, creating what needed to be created for not just Jessica's character, but for the other characters and I remember at one point, in, I had like a kitchen with an island and a, and a kitchen table. And there was 10 wigs that I was working on at different like levels of like either setting it in, in perm rods or doing highlights or coloring and cutting and then setting it. It was just a matter of trying to stay focused on one of them at a time because like Linda and Justin said, we're all trying to get this to come together and there's just, you know, I was only given two hands. So you kind of have to know, okay, what's a priority? Well, everything's priority. <laughs> so it was a matter of trying to stay focused and get the things done. So obviously there was many hours spent on the weekends and after wrap to achieve this, but it was, you know, it was well worth it. That's for sure. That's awesome. So with all these challenges, 
and my dog barking. Um, <laughs> were, were there any standout lessons learned by the end of shooting, do you feel? Yeah, I can say that I can pretty much accomplish anything. <laughs> you know, like... Nice, I like it. <laughs> like, like, bring me a challenge, you know, bring it forward, I'll, I'll take it on. Uh, that's, I mean, yeah. I can't think of anything else. Because when you look, when like we said earlier, when you look back at that film... Yeah, it was like, okay, yeah, I can do this, 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 and this. There's just not enough hours in the day, and um, but we're going to get this done. I think, you know, we always talk about teamwork, and often it's like, you know, for the most part, it's like makeup and hair. Stephanie and I have had the good fortune to have worked with Jess now. I think we're on our 16th project, and we have a way, and and we know how to do the dance around the chairs so that we can work together. And so there's always that element. Then there's the team element where you have a team if you're running the department. And I think for something like this, with the added element of prosthetics, there is a really specific way and a really specific sort of teamwork element that that I really discovered was it took extra, it took it, it, it took all of us adapting to find the ways that worked best. And sometimes what might work best for the beauty application wasn't something that generally was something that worked well as an application on a prosthetic or around a prosthetic and vice versa. And I think what was lovely about this and what I learned was that there has to always be that kind of communication, the dialogue about, you know, how do we best achieve this? And it becomes not about it's, it's about what is do what is the best way to achieve this where we do our best work and that we give um, the person that's sitting in there in our chair the best opportunity to go out there and feel really good about about how they look and when you're dealing with a real life character portrayal it's particularly important so I think for me that that really working to get the beauty with the prosthetics and with the wigs was it it was another element and I think there was lots of lessons and goodness in that and so I would say for me that was you know that was really a, a great collaboration a different one than I normally might have yeah I mean I I would agree with with Linda. I think the the beauty aspect with Tammy was one of the biggest challenges in combining that with prosthetics and really not, you know, there's a lot that can go wrong with beauty makeup and prosthetics, you know. <laughs> and I feel like we What no, are you trying to no, say, no, Justin? No, no, no. <laughs> no it's, it's it's the subtle things like, you know, how we texture a prosthetic cuz typically when you're dealing with a prosthetic, you're trying to match the person's skin as much as possible. And the moment you start airbrushing or putting additional topical makeup on top of the prosthetics beyond what we would do to match their skin, it becomes this uh, in incredible balance, not just to maintain the realism in the prosthetics so they don't just become opaque and dead looking. It's also a balance to make sure that there's enough texture within the prosthetics so that it doesn't just get completely obliterated by the, the airbrush work on top. And I, I think yeah, I started in print and fashion. I had a bit of a beauty background. So I think having a bit of that in the background and being able to have those conversations with Linda on a daily basis to kind of figure out how she wanted to achieve some of the looks that Jessica was going for. And we could communicate about materials and I could pivot and try and accommodate her as much as possible with prosthetic safe materials that were as close to the products that she wanted 
I think that was essential. And I, I think for any prosthetic makeup artist, the understanding of beauty is just as important as all of the technical aspects of prosthetics. And, and I really had to rely on that a lot to be able to have this conversation and be able to make sure that we weren't damaging what needed to happen on the beauty aspects. And if anything, we were just supporting each other to make sure that we created the best look possible. Yeah, that makes sense. So I would love to know now, what do you feel sets your work apart from your fellow nominees? I think all of the nominees have absolutely incredible work. You know, they wouldn't be in this position if their work wasn't just beautiful to look at and and extremely well executed. Uh, I think one thing that sets us apart is that, especially with Jessica, is that and, and with Andrew as well, but Jessica is in every single scene pretty much in the movie. Every single scene she has extensive makeup, extensive prosthetics, and same with Andrew. Every single scene he's in prosthetics as well. Where in a lot of the other films, it may be a specific character uh, that is sort of the focal point. And I think one of our strengths is just the amount of changes that we've had to create with these characters throughout their timeline and how far we've had to age them uh, throughout their timeline. Yeah, I, I mean, like Justin said, you know, all the films that have been nominated are incredibly well done. And I, I, setting us apart, I, I'm not a good person to answer this question because I just do my work at the best of my ability, which is 5,000% all the time. You know, basically, I guess the, the, the thing that comes into my head is I was given two custom wigs out of almost 13 that played so the rest of them had to be you know bought from Cali East or from uh, Nigel's and I had to make them fit and color them and mm. style them and make Jessica happy with what basically came out of a box that spent you know maybe 10 to 15 hours to make it work. I you know it's a difficult question in a way in that you know because I know both Stephanie and Justin have alluded to this. I mean, it is an incredible, it, it's an incredible um, group of artists that we're, you know, in this category. And I would say that, you know, if you ask each of us that question, you know, I think it's hard, it's, it's hard to find maybe something that is not so sure if setting us apart is maybe the right way to express it. Maybe there was just something a little unique. And within the guise of that, I would say a couple of a couple of things that maybe are a little different in what we did. I would say that we were dealing with real life people. And I think that has its own challenges. One of them being, which I mentioned earlier, you know, people have a preconceived conception. So you always have that to sort of sort of have to compete with a little bit. I think the beauty and prosthetics element also is very specific and maybe a little bit more, you know, a little bit more unique. We're not, it's a, it's a different type of work within what we do. So I would say that was a little bit more unique maybe than some of the some of the other work that's being shown but having said that I, I that's pretty much it like I do, I do think we all we all have you know there's such a it's such an incredible field of people to be there and each one has a very specific offering and it's a beautiful offering and I'm just happy that we're we're in that mix of that yeah I agree well answered yeah. I wanted to know did you want to just take a moment to give a shout out to those that helped you on the project because we all know it takes a team village village <laughs> yeah a town, town a city <laughs> exactly. uh, I did mention earlier Ashley Chavis Wolf and Renee Goodwin who were 
specifically in the trailer with us working every day. They were local people, local artists from Charlotte, and they were wonderful. They also helped pull together a team of daily artists that came in each and every time. And I'm not, um, you know, I'm not sure of all of the names of those people, but they were fantastic. I also think that a couple of our biggest collaborators were, aside from each other, was uh, Jessica herself. She's such an integral part of the process and was very involved in it. And there's there, that element was incredibly helpful. And also, we had a really special director, Michael Showalter, who I adored. And he was wonderful and creative and so incredibly um, supportive of all the work. And I have to say that I consider him a major part of our team as well. So those are the people I really want to set apart and say a special thanks to. And anybody else I may have forgotten, I apologize. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yes, I want to reach out to my two team players who were amazing, Betty Lou Skinner and Heather A. Hawkins. And the dailies that they brought in to help out on this film, like Linda said, there's so many of them. And I'm here in North Carolina now working, and three of them came up to me and, and thanked me for being part of such a wonderful film. And Bryson Connolly, who came in to take over, well, he didn't really take over. He took over from the beginning as Andrew Garfield's personal. And like Linda said, I mean, Jessica is, she's the pointer. Like she knows she, she can envision. And then we just need to create what she, she sees in her vision, which is always so incredible. And kudos to Michael Showalter, who brought this together. I mean, he... He, like Linda said, he is the most incredible man, down to earth, loves doing what he does, and was a great leader for us. First of all, I'd like to start off by thanking Jessica as well. She was really the first person that I sat down with on this project as, you know, she's executive producer. She had been sitting with this project for 10 years and really had some opinions on how she wanted to approach it and had a vision on how she wanted to approach it. So I just, I want to thank her right off the get-go because without her, I don't think there would have been prosthetics in this film. You know, I think they would have just relied on traditional makeup for the most part. But it was really her vision that to play this character, she had to be transformed and really pushed us to make that happen in, in a very realistic and subtle way. And I know we've mentioned this before of just trying to avoid anything that would appear garish or, or take away from who Tammy Faye was as a person. And that was driven, of course, by Jessica and all of our own research, you know, on Tammy as well. I'd also like to thank Greg Canham, who entrusted this project to me and to my team, my entire team at Fractured Effects, who did all the manufacturing of everything, especially sculptors, J.D. Bowers and Brian Wade, and my onset team, Kelly Golden, who was with Jessica the entire time. Uh, when I wasn't there, Chris Hampton would step in and uh, fill in for uh, my position with Jessica if I was going back to L.A. to continue working on other looks. And Tom Flouts, who was with, with Bryson and Chris Hampton, uh, to do Andrew Garfield's makeup on a, on the daily basis. So it's very cool. I love it. Okay, guys, it has been so great to learn more about what it took to get your work on camera daily, and in turn bring you to this point today, being nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> thank you again. Congratulations and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Jamie Lee. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate this very much. Thanks. For links to 
see more about our guests, go to our Instagram at The Last Looks Podcast or our website, thelastlookspodcast.com. If you want to keep up with new episodes being released, be sure to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, or any podcast streaming platform. And remember, if you're enjoying the show, share it. The Last Looks podcast would like to thank Brett Stanley and Sabrina Castro. The song Fun Time by DJ Quads. Thanks for listening. Until next time. That's a wrap, people.